This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Today we are here with Bunny Yan, the CEO and founder of The Squirrels, that's Squirrels with a Z. And as we're moving into this sharing economy during these unique times, this is the important conversation that we really need to be talking about. And the show starts right now. My name is Bunny Yen, CEO of The Squirrels. What I love most about material is that even a mistake can turn into a success. From New York City, this is Material Is Your Business, a podcast covering the science, technology, and business of materials and manufacturing. Your hosts for this episode are Samantha Cortez, international consultant and founder of Samantha's Platform, and Stephanie Benedetto, CEO and co-founder of Queen of Raw. And now, here are your hosts... Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie Benedetto, and I'm joined by my co-host, Samantha Cortez. Hola! And our guest today is Bunny Yen, the CEO and co-founder of The Squirrels. Hi, Bunny. Hi, and today I'm all in your business. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And we're excited to get into your business. (laughs) Please do. So in the first segment, we usually like to just get an overview of who you are and what you do. I do have to say that the first time I met you, you had this incredible look about you, alluding perhaps to your name, Bunny, where you have your hair in this awesome bowl cut and kind of long pieces in front, and you were wearing a winter bunny jumpsuit. Oh, that's right. I was wearing that, wasn't I? (laughs) So obviously created a strong, powerful persona for yourself and, and your business. What if you can tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? See, the funny part is all of these things actually fell into places at different times, right? So I have this haircut, which is like two long pieces in the front and short hair in the back. Um, I had it since high school. And uh, um, the jumpsuit, it just so happened to be winter. I'm really cold. And that's something I can wear as much things under as possible and then look like a giant snowball and still be warm. (laughs) And the name... Uh, nickname from high school because it was so hyper all the time. Still am. It's like the Energizer Bunny, the commercial. You keep on going and going and going, just won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like just so happened, everything fits. It kind of looked like I had two long ears, but you know, wasn't really intended. It just kind of all went together. So great. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit kind of who, who you are, your background and what you're doing now? So, like, um, I was born in Shanghai, China, raised in Jersey, so got a bit of a mixed accent here, uh, and um, love art, drawing, design, way from the beginning, got into FIT, uh, and been in fashion and marketing side for 18 years now, yeah, long time, and uh, still absolutely love what I do. That's great. And and what did you do for those 18 years before starting your startup? I worked for a lot of urban wear, um, South Pole. I worked for Sean John, uh, Disney licensing, Walmart Kamer, uh, even did a piece for Busta Rhyme. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. I... I'm very curious, and I think I'm just jumping the episode and diving in (laughs) deep. (laughs) You have a website that 
is services for the designers in the industry. Can you explain to us a little bit about it? Well, okay. So my company, um, the model is how to reduce waste through creativity. Mainly, we do work with company, corporation, and brands and turn their material or marketing waste into products, campaigns, or link with other sources who can reuse them. Can be cross industry, can be same industry. But what I'm doing for the community is a material sharing app for creatives. What that means is if you're a fashion designer, you have leftover fabric, trimmings, buttons, and such. You put it on free for others and you can take everybody else's material on the app. So essentially, this is the very first share economy and free marketplace. And it has to be free. You can't sell it for a penny. Right now, I want everything to be free because we throw away so much, right? The landfill, um, uh, well, things that we send to the landfill now, it's like 25 million tons a yep. day. That's day. That's insane, right? So obviously, we are thinking these things do not have a value and there's no other channel to do it. Sure, I can be another resale platform, right? But at the moment, I feel like we are wasting so much resources. You don't always have to start selling them first, right? What does a designer have to do then? They download your app and what happens? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> so you download the app. Um, you just browse through all the pictures, picture it as Tinder for material. You, right now, you can't really swipe right and left yet. It's up and down. Uh, and you found an item, let's say like, I don't know, uh, denim. You found like a piece of denim you liked. Click on it and uh, you message the person who lists it. And you find a place, a neutral place, like maybe a, a coffee shop, you know, a local store. And uh, you pick up. You don't have to swap. You can always just put on material if you just have off cuts from your sample room all the time to clear out your space because space is limited in New York. We all know that. And, uh, and you can always like uh, um, take because you're design students and you're third poor, yeah. right? Do you have to register? Oh, it just signs on through your email, Google, I mean, Gmail or Facebook. It's quite easy. And that's it. There's no money to put down for download the app you don't need to um, pay to list it or take it but I encourage everybody to put something on as you're taking something highly encouraged and I love that this is also promoting local uh, hyper local I mean it's here right now only launched in New York is that correct the app is um nationwide but I'm focusing on building communities uh in New York first and uh, with our initial expectation and people's feedback, it's really on track what we initially thought. Because then on squirrels, you always start seeing unique stuff like decors from maybe uh, um, interior design or um, uh, visual merchandising. You would normally never see it in a shop. And that give you inspiration. That give you like all sorts of idea. What can you do with it? And with designers start to actually communicate between themselves, they start finding out, oh, you're a seamstress, or you have a shop, or um, we have a project that we kind of both interested in and collaborate on. These are the stories that everybody starts telling me about, which was my vision. And hearing that back, yeah, that makes it worth it. Because at the end it. of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there are times you just go, you know what? I quit. <laughs> right? And then you hear a story like that, like, oh, I can't quit. 
<laughs> and I love that, that this isn't just for fashion. It truly is across industries and ultimately will be available around the world and for even some of the biggest brands in the world as a source of ideation and inspiration around materials and, like you said, unique things you wouldn't find in, in other places. Um, have there been any unique special stories that the business has generated so far? Uh, yeah. Well, first I tell you a cute one. Uh, it really touched my heart. So um, one of the designer, uh, shout out to Francis, if you're listening to this, um, put up a recorder. Right. It's a music instrument. Right. And it was claimed like right away. So um, the mother uh, was claiming that for her autistic daughter who lost her recorder. And that made her really, really happy that day. Right. Yeah. So I had I saved that text. I'm like, I need to start saving these stories. Another one is, um, uh, so she's a design student, um, and uh, they met up, and now she's teaching the other designer's daughter how to sew. So it's creating jobs as well. That's great. It's cute. Right? That is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So now they like um, um, cleaning out their own closet because like we as creatives in design, we like to just whore a lot of pretty things. Right. To one point, they're just too pretty to throw out. It hurts. Mm -hmm. But you rather give to somebody who can reuse it than actually put it in the garbage. But mm -hmm. you pile up in your house. So now she can start putting it on the app and meeting all these interesting designers who are reusing them and taking pictures and see the projects. See, now I can give a good explanation to my parents why my room is always messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we are like that. It's yes. in our it's DNA. A, it's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> so the name, the squirrels, can we talk about it for a second? It's why? called squirrels because we gather. That's usually the, 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 the simpler explanation. Um, there are a couple of levels. Like scrolling away means like putting stuff away, right? And also, if you look, usually at any kind of... Um, um, contaminated area or polluted area, you don't see squirrels. And also squirrels are one of those animals, almost no culture is really too offended by it, right? Because you have like animals that are for one culture. Like in China, when you see like pigeons or birds, you know, like, oh, peas, pretty, right? And over here, it's like, oh my God, flying rats. You know, it really depends on where you are. So squirrels for me is a like very neutral animal. It just so happened that my name is also Bunny. So it's like a lot of rodents. <laughs> So, Your company, in a good way. It, it's it's interesting that you called it squirrels, and how did it develop into all the other stories? Was like it something that you already had the meanings, <laughs> and you figured out the name, or talk to us a little bit? Uh, about okay, that. so the initial wasn't too far, right? Uh, it's like because you know you gather, and it's an animal that's like not too offensive, but all the, the pollution thing and scrolling away thing. Other people start coming telling me about it. Actually, at one point on my um, incubator, uh, they're debating because squirrels actually in other languages are pretty hard to pronounce. In Asian languages, German, French, you know, it's really hard to pronounce the, the, the R and the L. So we thought about changing to different name. But then there was an article that came out, right? Uh, there was a pitching competition. Out of everybody's name, they pick our name saying like, oh, and uh, this company got the best, like, fun name. People remember it, right? Because they're just simple. It relates to an image, right? So you have all these, you know, um, uh, startup names with words that does not exist. But this word actually is the only one that everybody remembers. So that day I might decide to not to change the name and stay with the squirrels. So you wanted an animal as a name? Yeah. 
It's cute. (laughs) (laughs) So before we kind of get into the business model, since this is free materials and I am very curious about it, I wonder if you can touch a little bit on, on, obviously, I don't know how much time you spent growing up in Shanghai and if at all that influenced the way you view waste and this industry um, based on obviously a lot of textile manufacturing and factories are out there. It's actually not from growing up. So uh, like I left China when I was 12. So I grew up in Jersey. It's um, like, okay, uh, I came back in January of this year. Before that, I was in Shanghai for eight years. So it's this time going back and really start visiting the bigger factories with capacity that's like uh, for Walmart, Kmart, for Disney. And you start seeing the ridiculous amount mountains of material that's actually going straight to the landfill getting shredded that starts hitting me right like we found like half a million t-shirts like 10 container of new fabrics because like when you okay so sometimes when there's an order right and the person backed out the last minute so they paid the down deposit and the product produced and they went bankrupt or decided not to want it anymore you have all these excess if it's more specific type of pattern nobody wants it Right. But you only have limited storage in the warehouse. So at one point, you just need it to be out, losing on profit, whatever. So, yeah, you get to see all of these beautiful things, well-made things, shred it down to stuffings or just burn. It's kind of heartbreaking, right? And also you have a lot of brands, um, not calling out any names right now, um, need to burn their goods because they're – defective or their uh, second-rate qualities. You can't release it to the public. That will hurt the brand. I totally understand it because making up that uh, mistake uh, would take more marketing budget and just in case something happens, right? Uh, And you don't want to ruin your own brand. So for bigger brands, I do have kind of sympathy like because there are times there are just no other ways. It doesn't matter how much meaning you have. Discount retailers were there for Mm, sure, but there are times they don't want to take that product, right? So let's say that um, you made a shirt and the fitting for the sleeve is just a tiny bit too tight, right? Even for discount retailers, it's not a well-fit shirt, right? That's why I always promote the idea of upcycling, which is instead of uh, break it down to its base molecule like recycling, you use the, such material to remake into something else. So that shirt can be a clutch, can be a table runner, can be a beautiful piece of wall art, right? So now it might not have value for one person, but one man's trash, another man's treasure, it can become something else with double, triple its value, instead of like going down 10th of its value become recycled. Not that saying I don't, I'm not pro-recycling, but it's always great to, you know. And just to clarify on your platform, so it doesn't have to necessarily just be the raw fabrics, the trims, the imagine, can it also be finished goods that are shared? Oh, I have like a lot of samples and defectives. Like I kind of discourage on like, you know, really worn clothing because there are secondhand clothing shops, you know, goodwill to do that. Uh, I really want to inspire creativity. So if you have like, you know, uh, random samples, cut samples, uh, test panels. Yeah, I encourage all of these odds and end pieces. It usually gets tossed out, lab dips to be put on for somebody else. And that would be good for like good workshops. I saw this most amazing um, pair, a bag, a purse created out of a pair of jeans. 
they they took and took apart their the the jeans and stitched some beading on top of it and it, it's a beautiful big bag you should see some of the samples on my Instagram. We have that too. <laughs> and you do workshops as well, right? Yes, I do. We do material swap and we do um, upcycle workshops when I encourage everybody to, to bring their leftover as well. And uh, we hack a different material every single time. Mm-hmm. We're actually uh, in the middle of actually creating a, hopefully a um, TV program out of that. Awesome. That's a perfect time for a break. Back soon with Bunny Yen on Material Is Your Business. Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at The Music Lover Podcast, but remember, that's Music Lover without the vowels, M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes. We're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there. Welcome back to Material Is Your Business. We're here with Bunny Yen, the CEO and founder of The Squirrels, a free material sharing app. And so, of course, I say the word free, and it's great that this is a free service to the creative community. But how do you make money? Magic. <laughs> um, actually, at the moment, the community app um, is like something that I just really want to create to bring more people together and understand that there are so much things you can upcycle. How we really make money is all the... Um, um, programs and uh, partnership we work with our clients like bigger brands example uh, we work with uh, Tom's Shoes so they had defective um, shoes that you usually have to burn right again like I said there's nothing wrong with doing that method I know a lot of people go like oh my god how can you do that it's actually a practice been done over and over again and uh, they want to do something about that, right? So that was very positive. So what we do, we link them with a uh, organization that um, work with the school children to paint on the shoes, and they got donated to the Philippines, right? So instead of paying a uh, uh, paying that much money to burn your own goods, now you save half as much. Like work with us, you don't have to pay for logistic anymore. There's no storage or shipping. Um, your shoes gets fixed for free. You no longer able to see any kind of like label on it because it, it got painted on, and uh, you get a marketing piece out of it, and you get tax write off when donated to the Philippines. So for a brand, it's saving money to get more. Turning so wh- yeah, like have your cake and eat it too. Why not? That's actually mm-hmm. great. It's yeah, that's um interesting that uh, that uh, people would even burn, and I understand why they do that, but with everything that's going on with the with environment right now it's like why put so much choice you have right 
because like there's a lot of um, business don't even exist yet mm-hmm. and to find these grassroots or NGOs that are able to reuse that it takes some digging yeah right so what are you gonna do like stay aside like a separate department just for that when nobody really know what they're doing yet who are you gonna get so mm-hmm. I do understand that so um, I want to give you another example like uh, what we did is that okay um, uh, with um, Ann Taylor <clears throat> so every business uh, especially the bigger one with shops, you have a lot of banners and window clean that, you know, the the, the plastic one that you stick on the window. Um, after every single um, campaign, it gets tossed, right? So what we did with them is we used these wonderful material and uh, create a whole collection of bag out of it. Mm-hmm. And what did they do with those bags? We tell them. Yeah, so that's in the works. Um, because, like... A lot of big companies, especially like Intel, are already start trying to use better material. So their um, uh, banners are actually fabric made out of 40% recycled plastic already, right? But now that you start switching to all better materials, you still have to think about the life cycle of that material. Recycled plastic going to the landfill is still plastic, right? But these are very, very sturdy material to make, especially accessory out of. It's water resistant. It's color fastened. It's really, really great. And they always print it. It's vibrant. It's lovely. So the key, why I'm so passionate about what I do, about upcycling, is you discover what that particular material does, right? It's characteristics. Does it fold? Does it um, wrinkle? Does it burn? Um, Does it make a sound, right? And you discover what can you make out of out of all these great qualities out of all these characteristics and turn it into another material that share these characteristics to make it better it's true and it it makes you think about materials and creativity in a totally different way and especially seeing you know cross industry sectors where maybe something that's traditionally an interior design or automotive fabric and material could be used in a different way for fashion and uh, that presumably also gives those brands a unique story to tell. And especially as we see these kind of circular economy, sharing economy coming out, um, it probably, it's not only on trend, what we hope will be the future, but also uh, gives gives them that story for their consumers. As you're kind of looking at where circular economy, shared resources, sustainability is now and where it's going, anything oh and i see you just brought out one of the bags (laughs) it looks gorgeous yeah and it totally pops yes so i did mention the reason why i love about material is a mistake can become a success right so these are made from misprinted or test print candy wrappings from mexico so these this is an example of how a mistake can be success did you do the design for that? Oh no, I didn't. Um, I've been collecting a lot of awesome upcycle designers and artisans for a long time, so that's one of the product they did. So mm-hmm. you considered an up, up, upcycling specialist, yeah, and you help companies <laughs> match match with mm-hmm. other companies to make yes, sure that exactly. their goods get processed correctly and and the waste gets yeah so with every company it's different right um you will have one with uh you know um defective goods you'll want to have excess material or marketing waste so our specialty is we work with you one-on-one to see which part of your waste 
you want to get rid of first and how to get rid of it to best uh, impact your core customer. Not just about like, let me turn that into something cute and sell 10 of it and do a limited edition. How is that going to do a long term? How can it continue to work within your company? You know? So what does that process look like uh, for you and for a brand? They come to you uh, with uh, some waste and how do you work through what, what you're going to do with it? To think quite that quick, too. actually. Yeah, quite quick. Um, initial meeting, figure out what's your need, uh, what's your uh, focus. Um, interesting thing about working with us, it's just that since we cross over to uh, pretty much supply chain, marketing, and design, so every now and then, either department might not understand fully what I do. But when you're able to see that bigger vision, right, we do a proposal and uh, we'll tell you which department it will involve with. And then you just pick which one you would like to, us to develop on. And that's it. It's actually quite easy. We are literally your outsourced sustainability department. And we can think of all the odds and ends for you. And just pick your best pick. It could be either like, you know what, I want to put some time into marketing this or you know what, I just want to recycle it because it's time sensitive. I want to gone now. I have you junk know? that you have to pick up. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're actually one of the industries that are the highest in, in land waste. And it's, it's, it's scary. Fashion textile is a second. Yeah, second or third. It's jumping back and forth. Then, but it's quite crazy, like 9 billion tons a year. That's you know, that's yeah. double the weight of the Earth's population. Can you believe that? That's every year. Absolutely. It's just crazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that you're doing this, it's, it's, it's really good. It's really, it's really mm -hmm. good to, to, to do that. But what do you see your future into, into this, expanding on to um, having other companies understand? What, 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 yeah, so what expanding do you is um, something that... Uh, why the app is developed. So, of course, everybody cannot be a psycho specialist, right? And that takes training and building up a team like that. As for now, it's almost impossible. So, with the upcycle uh, app, now I'm gathering more and more talent and people start reusing all these materials, start getting trained through workshops, through meeting up more um, NGOs, designers, groups. Now, later on, I can start mix and match these talents with the brands. So we become the little cogs in the middle, that connector that's able to speak both languages and help facilitate because everybody knows, like especially when it comes to young designers, uh, business mindset and marketing is not their strong suit, right? But it's ours. And uh, we are able to speak corporate language and designer language, right? So we can help them to utilize the talent and able to solve one problem for one and provide jobs for the other. And another thing, our app, that's going to be very useful later, we are developing the 2.0 version. So it lets you able to share material interloop or outer loop. So for a design school that gets all the donations from companies, now you can release it only to your own students, right? You don't have to release it to the public if you don't want to. And now when you are a bigger company, example, um, uh, I'm just top of my head, VFC, right? So they have like uh, Timberland, they have Vans, they have uh, Kerlin, like all these companies. Now, a material that's within a company can be shared with your other sub companies, right? So we have like leftover 300 uh, striped fabric. Maybe your sub company can use that material without need to source it again. Wow. That is the future. 
I've been very focused on the bringing back manufacturing to the U.S., and I see this upcycling being a big part of it. I mean, can you ex- expand a little bit more onto that? Do you do you really think it would be a real big part of the upcycling as a whole different industry to sustain a I'm lot of go companies? Valley Girl for a second and go totally. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yes. Um, see the term upcycling being thrown around, like, uh, but we've been doing this. Right. Every single industry as a cut, cutting cost, as like save on um, material resources has been doing this, just never putting a term on that. Right. And this is very useful for the American industry. Like just thinking about like all the um, the middle states, right, Midwest, uh, you know. Uh, it, for them, like I have friends who live there. It's really hard to get prettier material, right, just because there is no like demand there. So even for designer who got all that inspiration and passion, you just cannot get your hand on materials. And you have all the coastal states that just throwing away like crazy because there are too many off, right? Now, this very good aggregation, now you start sharing. Um, not even like a, a just interstate, but within your own states with all the manufacturing in the Bronx, in Brooklyn, uh, Queens, right? All of these factories have leftover material that's been just tossing. And we're just buying more. So my business, uh, um, especially the app, potentially a very disruptive one, definitely. But once you start getting everybody, all the fabric shop, all the trimming shops are involved, it become a business tool. So now you want people to bring people to your store. You list the uh, material that you already overstocked for a while that don't need them anymore. So now you have people come to your shop to pick up and you can upsell. Right. And for people who are manufacturing and doing sample or even doing uh, agent for people who are producing in other countries. Now you can put up samples and go, okay, these are my work. These are the new fabric I developed. This is pineapple leather. Learn how to drape it. Now you have potential people to come reorder them. Right. So this potentially become a much um, bigger vision and a bigger marketplace than just, oh, a community sharing app, which is what my view of this and uh, my vision is in five years, I would like to be able to relocate <laughs> uh, 1% of the material waste from the landfill. Yes, it's very ambitious because it's Amazing. five years. But why not, right? I've got to set a goal somewhere. Abs- why not? Absolutely. And as you're looking at these major brands that you're working with, I wonder if you can just touch on the mindset that they're going into when they potentially want to work with you is it it probably isn't so much or maybe it is about community sharing is it someone from corporate social responsibility department has a mandate from corporate to do something with this waste is it truly something creative and aspirational is it something targeting their customers it's pretty much all so what i'm doing is still quite a new area um everything to do with upcycle recycle if you just even hear those words, it doesn't really sound that creative. It sounds very grassroots and very DIY and very craft. I want to bring that into mainstream. And no, there isn't like, you know, fast fashion, slow fashion. They all need to exist. It's, a, it's about balance, right? It's about making this whole circle more efficient than just like, oh, you know, let's just donate somewhere. No, you are buying these material. You spend the money. Why not make your dollar stretch a lot more? I don't care how much money you make. Making dollar stretch is never a bad thing, right? So, yeah. So, have being a marketed uh, campaign, have being a product that go on long term. So, all of these can be together. 
It's time for a fast break, and then we're back with our fun final segment on Material is Your Business right after this. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Rako. I'm one of the hosts of Fashion Is Your Business, another great show on Mouth Media Network. If you like the podcast you're listening to, Material Is Your Business, then I bet you're going to love Fashion Is Your Business, which intersects fashion, technology, and innovation, and also American Fashion Podcast, which Harper's Bazaar calls for the true fashion nerd at heart. Both shows and a whole bunch of other great podcasts are all available at MouthMediaNetwork.com. And when you do listen, let us know you heard about them on Material Is Your Business. Thanks a lot, and now back to the show. Welcome back to Material Is Your Business. We're here with Bunny Yen, the CEO and founder of The Squirrels, and it's time for... And now, now, it's it's Remnants. Remnants are fun, personal, leftover questions that we're just burning to ask. Oh, I'm scared. I usually like to go back to travel. Um, I love traveling. Where is, what is the, uh, I usually like to go back to travel. Where is the best place that you've been and that you've enjoyed the most and why? Actually, I'm going to tell you an interesting story. That's nothing to do with the best place. It's just interesting. You want to hear that one? That would be cool. <laughs> all right. So um, I love anime and uh, Japan animation and all that. So I was in Japan on one of the uh, mountain temples, right? And it was just so serene. Everything's so pretty. They got little shrines everywhere. And uh, um, so I, I was like, oh, my God, this place is so awesome. So I clapped. As I did that cats start walking out from everywhere right like left right like everywhere on top of the roof on the next shrine like on top of the shrine so i'm like oh my god in in, in the anime usually that's when they attack right so i'm there not moving and just like all right so if i kick that one i can probably break through so i'm freaking out but not moving and um and start trying to see like what's around me that I can pick up as a weapon. Because <laughs> now the cats are staring at me and not moving either, but walking closer and closer. So uh, it probably only lasts like a couple of seconds, but I'm just nervous. And then one of the monks came out. And that's how he feed the cats. He clapped twice and the cats come and he feed them. So the cats are confused looking at me and going like, this girl doesn't have any food. And I'm looking at cats going, this is my day to die. (laughs) And uh, uh, to this day, that's one of the fun thing. Well, not as fun (laughs) that I can think of when think about traveling in Japan. (laughs) Awesome. Don't clap. (laughs) When you're on the mountain, if you don't want cats, don't don't just clap in because that's how to feed the cats. Yeah, but it was very fun. Terrifyingly fun. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously the creative industry, it's a very tough, challenging, competitive, grueling at times industry. Can you think of a time in your past where you were so strongly challenged by something where someone tried to cut you down to size and you were able to rise up, meet it, and push yourself beyond and learn from it? Hmm. 
kind of stopped going through that now because like what I do is still like very unknown to people. But um, me getting into this industry, actually. So uh, in school, I was doing very well academically, um, especially math. And uh, when I told my guidance counselor and everybody I want to go to FIT, everybody's like, no, you could have gotten to NYU, Penn State. I'm like, but I want art. They're like, well, you can go there first, then go to art. It's very competitive. You know, like most likely won't get in. And my math teachers like going like, no, you have like math scholarship. Why would you throw that out? You can be a mathematician. I'm like, can you picture me as mathematician? White coach is so bland. <laughs> so uh, stubborn enough, didn't apply to anything else except FIT. Got in, flying colors. And um, every time I go back to um, visit uh, my school, one time, my math teacher was like, oh, um, can you give my daughter some tip of getting to FIT because she wanted to be a designer? In my head, I'm like, booyah. Win, win. <laughs> I mean, I like him, but just that, that, that felt really good right there. And yes, like I did very well in FIT too, just because, you know, you did well in one area doesn't mean that's your destiny. You might want to do something else. And I follow what makes me happy. That's great final thought. How can people connect with you and your business? Oh, to get all up in my business, just visit www.thesquirrels, with a Z at the end, dot com, or just email me, bunny, B-U-N-Y, no funny spelling, at the squirrels. And also um, ask me about the upcoming eco-design fair in the spring and how can you get involved and what is it? Ooh, mystery. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Bunny. Great conversation. <laughs> and for Samantha Cortez, adios. And I'm Stephanie Benedetto. Go change the world, everyone. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Back next time on Material Is Your Business. This has been Material Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at materialisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, materialisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.